Conte, who is now in at Tottenham, back in English football today. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. You can follow me at Aestetka. You can follow us at Tottenham Depot. It is episode 71. It is a lot to talk about for us. We have a packed show. Spurs are in South Korea. Uh, there is a ton of content coming out of the club right now with the team starting preseason. And we've got a full slate uh, packed for you here on the pod and a, and a good group to talk about it with. Uh, let's start by throwing out to the Todd father himself. He is at TC underscore Kasho on Twitter. Todd, what's going on, my friend? Any day, y'all. Any day that, uh, you know, Romero doesn't two-foot Richarlison in the middle of the lunchroom is a good day. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're excited to talk about it. It is a good day. It is an awkward hugs and kind of <laughs> weird handshakes and everybody looking at each other like that just happened kind of day for sure oh uh, man it is it is it is a joy and, and a pleasure uh shuban is also with us he is at the real shuban from over in london uh shubs what's going on mate hi um first of all you've barrack to those it was yesterday for those celebrating so three days and um yeah um it's weird because obviously there's there's, there's like um was it What's that Will Ferrell movie? The friends, him and the other guy. They go from being enemies to being step brothers. Step brothers. So yes. I, I just remember because obviously, uh, so off air, uh, Andrew mentioned Will Ferrell. So yeah, hopefully we can try and tie him in again or something. <laughs> right on. Caroline is also with us at CG Stefco. Kaz, what's going on? Hello, hello. Uh, not much is going on. I've just been deep in the trenches of women's international football watching it all <laughs> yes yes the european championship going on right now and uh more to say on that a little bit later including some news from the spurs women uh that we that we need to be updated on so we will get to that and much more um but like i said it's funny you know we as a as a collective here at the tottenham depot we're talking about uh summer podcasts and how we we're going to get through the slog of not a lot of news and we've really only had one week of that and we managed to do like an hour and 10 minute pod where there was no news. The last, <laughs> the last two weeks we've had all the news. And I, it, that was literally the, the title of our podcast last week was all the news. And we've got more of that this week, all the news um, Spurs have their fifth signing. Let's start there. Uh, Langley is in on a loan. It is, um, you know, a deal where Spurs are going to pay, I think a little more than half the salary uh, for a center back who will pretty much just be extra um and i'm cool with that i think that's great but a fifth signing here on july the 10th it was done a couple of days ago and um didn't wasn't able to make the trip over to south korea um but uh, just because of you know paperwork not quite being completed but he will be training and, and ready to go for the season which is now less than a month away um todd i guess let's start talking about the player specific i know there's a lot of kind of I don't want to call it unhappiness with this, but that's, I think, only because his name's not Bastoni, right? I mean, this, is this I think, is a nice depth move for the club. Get a guy on a loan, see how it works out. There's no obligation to buy. There's no you know, option to buy. It's just a let's see how this works out and see where it goes from here, right? There's a lot of fucking morons on the internet, Andrew, that don't know what the shit they're talking about. That's um, true. 
and that's a good so, way for you to start that too. Uh, it's, it's, we might as well just hit it on the head. It's the summertime, right? Um, no, it's. I mean, listen, this guy played 21 games in La Liga last year. Like we he played 33 games in La Liga a year before that. Both of those were from Barcelona. I mean, this guy, this guy's a wand of a left foot from the center back position, from what we understand. This guy was playing in a four when he's better suited to play in a three. Let me ask you, if somebody was judging Ben Davies solely on his ability to play in a two, <laughs> I, I may be one of those guys. He ends up, play, he ends up be, playing a left back more often than he plays the center back position in a two because he doesn't belong there, right? And right. so what I would say is that Conte seemingly has the ability to take guys that have been playing out of position, put them back in their primary position and get a song out of them. So it's not going to surprise me if he does the exact same thing with Longley, who's going to be a very nice rotational player with Davies on that left-hand side. Now, do I think we're done at the center back position? No. Do I think we're going to get Bastoni? As much as my heart says that door is not closed, I think we're going to end up with Bremer, which I don't hate. But I think that is going to put a little bit more of the onus on Longley to be the rotational uh, back with Ben Davies. So we'll see. I, I think that's true. And I'm glad you brought up, you think you, you say you think we're going to get Bremer. I floated the idea in our little pre-show discussion about this being the fifth signing and whether or not that might be it. And you kind of scoffed at that. And uh, I want to, I want to get your thoughts on that, but I want to start with Shuban because he kind of, nodded his head a little bit like it might be and and i think that it's weird for all of us talking on july 10th right now about spurs fifth signing of the summer and it maybe being it and I, i'm not saying i think it's it now it's I weird for you to say that i know <laughs> but i also think that there's a possibility that these five guys this collective of longley parasich forster richarlison basuma i had to write them all down to make sure i remembered them all um I think that's a pretty good collective and especially the fact that we haven't seen a ton of outgoing business as of yet. We have seen some of that this week, which we will talk about, but I guess Shivan, would you, here's, here's the way I'll frame it. Would you be massively disappointed if this was it? Or do you think that Spurs to this point have almost done a good job? And if this was it, would it be a huge letdown? I think so. It's not about terms of reference. I mean, if we had heard about 150 million kind of thing, then I'd be like, oh, why are we not selling everyone under the sun? That would be, and I'm sure, are we calling them parsnips or turnips? Those, that, I can see why they're getting all roasted and angry about that. And I think, why have we signed this one, this one, this one, this one? So I can understand from that perspective. But for me, it's about getting the depth. You've got to integrate these players in. So now, some of these players are Premier League, obviously, ready kind of thing. Like obviously, Pesuma, Richarlison, um, Obviously, Forster as well. Uh, Perisic obviously knows um, Conte, so that kind of helps the amalgamation. But, you know, and obviously, I think Lingley was obviously played with Hugo, so there's a bit of, you know, and, you know, that, you know there's a bit of that there. But no, I mean, like, if you get another person that players come in, players go, it's July 10th. That's the key date. It's July 10th. <laughs> there is not, I mean, I think the season's got another three, three weeks to go. Yes. It would be ideal if everyone who Conte had in mind is it would be in Incheon or Seoul or whatever right now getting ready for you know what you know this preseason saw there. But you know what? It doesn't happen that way. And I, here's here's my I always say, I, I say this: Do not let perfect be the enemy of good, kind of thing. Right I now like we have, we've had a, a decent good signings. We'd like to have some more. But there's some more 
holes to fill, whatever. But you know what? If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I mean, I'm not going to be, I mean, right now, you've seen, I'm not, again, I do this with like, if you do a comparison to clubs, I think City have made two big signings, and that's it. They've made one outgoing. United haven't signed anyone yet. Liverpool have made one signing, one one out. Arsenal, uh, you know, sorry to mention that name, but they've made one signing and a bunch of people going out. Chelsea have something. So there's a lot to happen, not just for us, but for loads of people. And there's, you know, that what's that, what's that, what they call it? The knock on dominoes, whatever you want to call it. So it's July 10th. Please turn it, chill out. Yeah, someone asked me the other day uh, on Twitter to rate Spurs window. And I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to field this question, but also knowing that there's a lot still to come and i think i said seven or eight out of ten i, c- I couldn't can't remember which um and that was more because i wanted to see more on the outgoing front i'm completely satisfied with what they have brought in now that's not to say i think they are done or should be done but caroline you kind of cited when i asked that question in our pre-show a little bit more of a todd like there's no way this is it but i at least wanted to float the idea to get people thinking like hey, these five players, that's a really good base of signings thus far. And anything else I feel like at this point should kind of be viewed as whipped cream on top of the Sunday. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Um, it's been a really good window so far. I think I would agree that I'm at sort of like the seven to eight rating right now, just because you do want to see some of those players um, leaving the club that just do not need to be here anymore. Um, and we'll talk about that when we go to the squad for Korea. But I think where I differ from Todd is that I think I do think we're going to see another player come in. I don't think it's going to be a center back. I think it's going to be a wing back. Um, I think that's still the one position left that, you know, um, we still have just some like depth concerns because of injuries. And, you know, I think we still we're still being heavily linked with Jed Spence. So that's probably the most likely player to come in. but yeah, I don't think Spurs are done with the window by any means, but it's already been such a positive window that I'm feeling more positive than I think I've ever felt in a summer about Spurs. So it's great. Yeah, no, and to, to piggyback on, on on that comment there, I also think we're going to bring in a wing back. If you remember, the window closes at August 31st, right? There's a lot of time left. And that's really what I'm, I'm looking at here. If you follow Spurs for any number of years, you know that Daniel Levy loves himself a last-minute deal. And that's absolutely something that we're going to see happen when you've got a surplus of dollars. You don't think Daniel's going to come out and find himself an 11th hour steal. You're not paying attention, especially with how many finger or how many pies Parata she's got his fingers in. Something's going to come across the line late. Now, the second thing that I want to say on this point specifically is that we haven't addressed our major targets coming into the window that were widely reported. We haven't bought a left-sided center back. We have one on the loan. We haven't bought a wing back. We haven't bought a creative midfielder. There are still more holes that can be plugged in an Antonio Conte team that we've yet to address, especially if you're trying to build a squad of two players for every position. We still have, with the outgoings that we're looking at, we still have some needs. Yeah, I agree. Basically, I think what you're saying is extra signings would be whipped cream, but you want your whipped cream. On your Sunday, like you're not, you're not. Fuck no, it. no, I'm not saying the exercise is going to be a whipped cream. I'm saying that we haven't been served the main course yet. If you're trying to tell me that Richarlison is the main course, you're not paying attention. Like, well, like, I think I think the combination of Richarlison, Basuma, Perisic are a pretty tapas. We're talking hefty... about tapas right now, my guy. <laughs> we haven't seen the main course yet. We haven't seen the splash signing. That's what I'm saying. It's not here yet. 
And you're still expecting one of those, not thinking it might happen. You're expecting it. A hundred percent. I'm expecting. Why would you come out at the beginning of the window and say, we have $150 million war chest when you didn't have to, when you didn't have to publicly report that, when you didn't have to let anybody know what you were doing and then not spend that shit. Well, they spent more than half of it on two of those of those five signings. No, 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 no. When you're no, when you're looking at it, the 150 was on top of the transfer budget already. Okay? So that's what I'm saying. It was an injection into what they already had planned. If you're yeah. looking at net spend right now with Vickers and we'll come on to the other outgoings with Cameron Carter yeah. Vickers, that we'll come on to to the rest of them. We're in a at a nominal net spend that is far below 150 million. No, I, alone, I agree with you. Let alone sure. what our actual budget was for this window. What I'm saying here is that we haven't seen the 150 million dollar war chest signing. It's coming. So I let's let's go on to the the outgoing though because I think that is a big part of this. And Todd brings it up. Like Stephen Bergvine to Ajax, we all knew it was coming. It did come, and then we get the Jack Clark one on top of that. Le- obviously, a less um, less of a name in Jack Clark and and we can you know we can bemoan the Jack Clark era at Spurs all we want but I think we all knew that that was kind of bad and nobody really loved what happened there um but Bergvine and Clark out the door I guess to your point Todd the, if you're if you're looking at the net spend you know Bergvine leaving pretty much paid for Basuma so uh-huh. you can and wipe those some. and then some so you can wipe those two out and I get what you're saying um for me, this window now is way more, I guess, the grander point and why I asked about Langley maybe being the last of the big moves that this team makes in terms of incomings is because I'm way more focused on the outgoings now. And again, let's start with Bergvine and Clark and then move on to the rest of them. It's but fine. I guess I guess the, 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 the thought for me is let's get this train rolling on more outgoings, right? Because that's where I'm at at this point of the window. Well, timing is everything, right, Andrew? And so, like, if, if you're looking at the, the outgoings going forward, okay, like Chubes was talking about earlier with the domino effect or the knock-on effect, it's when you're looking at Harry Winks trying to find another home in the Premier League, you got to see some other dominoes start to fall for, for teams to really be able to move on items like those. When you're looking at the Spanish teams that we're talking about right now, they're notoriously late dealers in the window. So that's got to not surprise anybody when it comes to uh, deals for La Celso and deals for Ndombele um, and, and deals for the, the other commodities that we're looking at, the Joey Rodons and things along those lines. We've heard rumors to Nottingham Forest. And, you know, there's probably some legs there. I, I'm just simply saying that the outgoings that you're clamoring for are traditionally ones that we'll see a little bit later in the window. So this doesn't surprise me. The thing is, is that we're just, as a fan base, 100% unsure what to do with ourselves having five signings at this stage of the window. We don't know what to – so we're looking for things to talk about right now because, holy shit, we have five signings. Look, Shuban wanted another Will Ferrell reference. I, I I don't know what to do with my hands. There you go. That's I, I totally agree with you. It's, 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 it is Ricky Bobby right now. I'm not sure – like trying to, trying to come up with a, a list of things to talk about weekly on a Tottenham podcast is like, I've got too much shit now. Like (laughs) there's honestly, and and we, and we talk about trying to try and program a podcast. Like, yes, incomings, outgoings, potential outgoings, potential, more, more potential income. It's like, 
how do I juggle all of these things? You're totally right. And we, we as a collective don't really know what to do with ourselves because as we continue to repeat, it's July 10th. Spurs have brought in five players, have sent out technically, I guess it's three now with more, probably at least three more to come, maybe four more to come. Um, it's just like, I don't know, man. Like what, what comes next? Paratici is cooking and he's, he's, he's not done, bro. He's still yeah. in the kitchen. That guy is not done. That's all I'm saying. Um, let's give, let's give a moment to Stevie B. Andrew. Yes, please. Let's let, do that. Let's take a second. So, um, you know, regardless of the sport, regardless of the of the profession, really, sometimes you have amazing players that just aren't particularly great fits for that time in that moment. I always say the timing is everything. And for whatever reason, Stevie B's time at Tottenham Hotspur didn't go the way that really anybody wanted it to go. Um, we wish him well. We think that he's going to go back and fulfill a prophecy at Ajax and win them more giant plates. So good luck. And you know he's going to score a brace in the group stage against uh, the Champions 100%. League too, right? Yeah, that's going to happen as well. We all we all see that coming. Um, uh, Caroline, your favorite Stephen Berg by moment. Let's let's harp on this because I, I do think Stevie B deserves a little bit more love than he got. I, I think everyone knows that, like like Todd said, this is just a matter of timing being weird and the fit not being right. But we know that Stephen Bergvine is going to kick on and do really great things. Yeah, he, he just never really got a consistent run of games at Spurs, so that's unfortunate. But he provided us with so many special moments that it's kind of wild, just one player to be able to do that um, when he you know really wasn't getting the minutes. Um, but I think the obvious answer is the Leicester brace for the comeback win. I mean, that was, <laughs> that was like a getting off your seat, screaming, you know, just speechless kind of moment uh but also when he he scored i think it was on his debut game against manchester city that was also a great moment so i i wish him all the best i really hope he kicks on i mean those are those are two really solid stevie b moments and i mean i think that those are the those are the fastballs down the middle i think that my favorite stevie b moment um was actually uh the meme of him holding his baby and flipping people off uh <laughs> that was posted after that match that said something to the effect of to all the Gooner fans that showed up in my chat at 95 minutes. Yeah. My, my Stevie V moment is forever uh, from the all or nothing documentary when we signed him and Daniel Levy just put all the pressure in the world on him and made it really, really awkward. And he looked around like, is this guy fucking serious? Uh, that for forever was like, it was such a window into what a nerd Daniel Levy is and what a awkward person he is. Uh, and it was almost like the, the biggest glimpse we got into Daniel Levy uh, throughout that entire documentary. Um, and it made me laugh and still does to this day. But Stevie B obviously then went and as Caroline alluded to scored on his debut, did a number of great things. Also missed a couple of big chances in games like, like Liverpool and, and, you know, Man U and, and, and but yeah. then obviously, as you said too, the Leicester game will always, I mean, that to me is that could, we could look back at that Leicester match five years from now when we've made five straight champions league runs and look, look at it as the kind of the rebirth of this new era. Smart Robinson moment. I mean, I don't know if you guys, that mean anything to you guys, but. Mark Robbins basically scored the goal that basically kept Alex in his job kind of thing. 
and obviously we know what happened there and it's hard to tell because obviously you're looking back and things you know i have no idea what's happening five years from now or whatever i do think i can actually think that steve's you know what Kaz, I think you'll be cheering for Stevie B again next year because I think he'll have a barnstorm of a season for Ajax. Bayern Munich will come in and I don't know who they're going to be replacing. And they're going to, because I, honestly, I just think he has got that level of talent that he's going to come back to the Premier League or he's going to go to like Bayern Munich or whatever because he's just that good. I just think he is a confidence player though. And I, I'm, and I, and I'm, you know, I don't know anyone about the Bayern team. I'm just saying, I'm just using that as an example because he's one of those players that. You know, it really got to him. That Liverpool game, it was a real sliding doors moment, kind of thing. And a lot of this is sliding doors, kind of thing. You know, which, which you just referenced there about the, the the Leicester game. But you know what? I wish him all the best. Uh, it was very touching, the send-off, because normally it's like, normally Spurs, thing I've seen before, have been like, we wish him all the best, and that's it. Like, just shoot him out the door, kind of thing. And maybe it's a different approach from Spurs. They actually are saying there's highlight clips of everything he's done. Because I don't, because like I said, it's, I mean, obviously there's not been one for Jack Clark, maybe, but there is something. He has he has made an impact. We will always remember the name Stephen Bergwijn. And do you know what? I wish the lad all the work, all the best, apart from when, you know, England beat Holland in the World Cup final. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I, yeah, to your point on, you know, on Clark, like, yes, there's no big send-off video for Clark. Just like I don't think there will be when and if Spurs are able to get players like Lacelso and Ndombele out the door. Um, I think it'll be more of a, we wish them the best. This didn't work out to that point. I think it's important. And this is a point that, that our boy Scott has made Spurs need to be way more comfortable with accepting defeat on some of these transfers. And they didn't, I don't think they accepted any kind of defeat with Steven Bergvine. I think they recognize that this is a guy that, that has way more talent that needs to, you know, and, and, and they in fact profited in, in terms there of, of the transfer business. So Thank you. There, there's no defeat to be accepted there. But there is a little bit with a guy like Jack Clark. Uh, there's a little bit of accepting defeat there in, in terms of it not working out. And I think there will be when and if they're able to get Lacelso and Ndombele out the door because there's a little bit of accepting defeat with those guys as well. Um, and I think well, that's – go ahead, Todd. I'm, I'm, I need to ask. I, I need to ask for your clarification there. When you say accept defeat, are you saying you're accepting defeat on the fact that you bought a player and it didn't work out? Or are you saying that – you are accepting defeat because ultimately you got a bad deal on the player. You have to take a, a full L like, cause I think those are two think, entirely different things. Well, I think it's the former on, on those, but I, I think that I, I don't think they obviously would, would look at Steven Bergvine as a bad player where they're taking an L. I think they're looking at that as uh, just to, to the point you made when we first started talking about this, this is a situation that hasn't really worked out for all parties. And we recognize that and can, rectify it in some sort of way and like i said make a little bit of a profit on it even and you're talking about a guy who we, we can continue to talk about the lester game who really helped this thing you know yeah. he was not he was not a a a guy just sitting and moaning on the bench even though there was maybe a little bit of you know this guy really wants wanted to do more and wasn't given the opportunity um for for whatever reason yeah. With the, he's with also these, he's he's 24 and acted 24 is is what happened he's 24 in a talent and, and and he wasn't getting playing time because oh i don't know conte saw him as a, a backup With, to either harry kane or young min son and there's yes. not a whole lot you can do about that no so and, can, and, we tried to play him on the right and he didn't work on the right otherwise he would have been fucking playing on the right well and wasn't. at times and at times we saw him playing and getting opportunities behind lucas mora which is not something that any of us you know were in favor of but it was happening anyhow 
Well, um, it's and I think that that goes back to where he fit in in the system. He's not yes. going to press like Lucas pressed. He's not going to track back the way that Lucas tracked back. Like you're not going to see the type of work rate out of Steven Bergvine that you get out of Lucas Mora. Now, you're going to see, especially with more consistent minutes, as you all alluded to, you're going to see more production out of Steven Bergvine than you are out of Lucas Mora. Uh, and the stats by themselves will tell you that just in the times played. But um, still, fit is extremely important here. It's, this one, it's, the fit. It's the fit. And, and I think there's a difference with it just being the fit and – a player wholeheartedly not working out like it has done with Lo Celso and Ndombele. And that kind of takes us to this conversation about this preseason tour. Spurs, obviously, ton, as I mentioned at the top, tons of content coming out, lots of fun stuff from the airport, from the training ground, short shorts pictures, signs from the fans, all the joy of Sonny welcoming his his team, his club, to his home – Just to his home country. It's just a lot of like fun content. So go check all of that out. But there are four key names and Todd, I know you're going to try and get a fifth one in there and I'll we're going to shoehorn it in there. It's we'll fun. shoehorn it in. But the four key names that were left out of this tour, Giovanni Lacelso, Tongi Ndombele, Harry Winks and Sergio Reggian. The only one of those and the fifth that you're going to shoehorn is Joe Rodon, which is fine. The, the only one of those five names that, I was remotely surprised about, but really not even that surprised about is Sergio Reggian. Any argument from you on that, Todd? In terms of like his inclusion on that list? Any, in terms of my only slight surprise, the other, the other four names, not surprised at all, but I was only slightly surprised at Sergio Reggian's, um, you know, b- b- name being left off, I guess. I think that if um, Mauricio Pochettino was the manager of this team, Sergio Reggio's Sergio Reggion's name would be included. Um, but I think that what we're seeing is just, just absolute precision with the business end of this whole thing. A little bit of ruthlessness. Yeah, well, the fact is exactly is is um, these these decisions may seem callous to the untrained eye, but Sergio Reggion's fixing to cost us forty million dollars this summer. And he's not a $40 million player on this current team, and we need to move him on. And so his his uh, inclusion on this list of players that were left out of this trip is not surprising to me because math. Because math. Okay. Well, Caroline, do you, how do you feel about this? Because like I said, those other names, not that surprising. The, the Reggion one to me is the one I want to focus on to start, and then we can talk about the others. But I don't know. That felt kind of like – I felt like he could have at least gone with the club and – seen if this thing will work out but now it seems like this this is just not going to work out like he's being told hey gtfo at this point yeah and i think ruthlessness is the word to use here honestly because uh, we've been talking about how important fit is and it had become very clear that conte did not see region as a fit for the left wing back position you know i think i think he is more suited to playing more of a traditional like left center back role and when he was tried, they tried to transition him into that wing back spot. He just, he doesn't have the finishing. Um, I don't know. It just didn't seem to work out. And even in games when he and Sessegnon were both available towards the end, we started to see Sessegnon get the nod over Reggion, even though, you know, in theory, you would say that Reggion is the more experienced player. So I'm not surprised by it. And so Shuban, the only thing with that, and Caroline brings it up, the only thing with that that 
gives me pause is the thing I always say when it comes to Ryan Sessegnon, and that's his availability. We've seen injury issues with Sessegnon over the past. We know that Perisic is like an Iron Man, and he doesn't miss games. But obviously, if you want any kind of flexibility on that left side in the wingbacks, I don't know. For me, that feel and and Todd, your point is great too about him being a a forty million player, but not matching that price tag. But I guess it's because he's a left back. He's a, yeah, exactly as Kaz says. He's a left back. Well, and his his availability hasn't been better than Sessegnon's. So I think the fact that they brought in Perisic, who has been a very reliable player over his career, um, you know, speaks to that. I think that's fair. I think that's all fair. Shuban, I guess, are you down with the ruthlessness? Can you can you can you get down with all of that? Yeah, you speaking news with down with the sickness. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I disagree with what what Cece said about Poch. Poch moved on Mason, and he loved Mason like a son. I remember asking. Um, but he Hazard. took him on preseason tour with him. Just oh, yeah, I'm just. But what I'm saying is, when I asked Mickey Hazard about how did he feel about Ryan being moved on, he goes, "That's football. These are professionals. They know how the game works. They'll have seen since the age of five, a bunch of their mates being cut every single year. I think so. They know how this game is played. <coughs> um, I think obviously with Ben Davis, um, we love him as a left centre back, but. He can play as left wing back because he's done that quite a few times under Podge. So he can do that. So, yes, the availability is the best ability, but we've got three credible, well, left wing backs, if need be, if need be, with, with Ben Davis. So, I think that's fair. But we don't really have that on the right hand side. So I can understand why we kept an Emerson. But do you know what? Ultimately, I've, I've said this. I like, I thought regular. I was, I, was, I was excited when we called him because I thought we needed a left back. We needed a left footed option. We just didn't have enough left footed option. We had Danny Rose, who was trying to get a move to Milan, he ended up going to Watford. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, so ultimately, he, yeah. And I've always said, look, if he wasn't left footed, if he was right footed, he'd probably be playing in the championship, which sounds really harsh, but that's what I think. I just don't think he's that good of a player. Now, I think then, you know, could he have been words on? Could he develop his skills? But there are loads of players who in the past have been written off by managers, but they've kept their head down and say, no, I'm not moving. I want to stay here, whatever. And you know what? They ended up kind of working their way into the manager's books, good books, something. So I'm not saying that that can't happen, but outlook is bleak. You know, I've shaken the magic eight ball. Outlook is bleak. And same with like, like but I mean, like I try to convince myself and I've done this. I think uh, CC's favorite writer, Jack, whatever his name is, that talks about Tonga and Don, but I'm not going to fall down this rabbit hole. I'm not going to believe in him. Um, GLSL. So, I mean, I, I think, you know what? I think we've got to move players on. If the, And I think, obviously, with the preseason tour starting South Korea, if this is being in France, then obviously it's just an hour away. You can just fly them back in for, you know what I mean? There's an agent flying back over. It's just like an hour. But it's in South Korea. It's a long mission over and all the way back. Do you know what I mean? So that, I think, plays into it as well. Well, and it's also only a week, you know, it's not like they're going over there for three weeks and, you know, setting up a, a real, it's a week long, two games. It's not, but I, but I, but, but that's a good point. I, I do want to talk about, we always kind of pair Indombele and Lacelso together because they came in at the same time and expect, we're expected to kind of revitalize this midfield. And have um, been and, equally shit. And have been, yeah, equally disappointing is, is the way I'll say it. Um, but 
and then there's the Harry Winks element uh, in terms of you know a homegrown lad and 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 a guy who I think we all would love to see like be better but he's just it's just not working out and he's he left his ankles at the burnabout bro yeah no no question Uh, is there anything you want to say about those three midfielders that more than it's time or do you want to start to shoehorn joe rodon into this conversation because i think he's a really interesting name as well not yet we'll get there on him um with these three specifically i think harry winks thank you so much for your service you're always going to be a homegrown guy you're a tottenham fan your family's tottenham like respect to you i appreciate it we've reached the point in your career where it's time for you to not play for a top six side anymore. And I wish you the best. Um, You know, I I think that that guy can absolutely have a killer career at crystal palace or, you know, at, at, I don't know, Fulham or something along those lines. Like, and I've always said that Um, I think that we're going to make money on the Celso. So no fret there. The guy's kind of a douchebag, to be honest with you, by all accounts. And so I'm kind of glad he's not in the locker room anymore. And with Tongay and Dombele, like I'm not even going to, to waste the listener's time to discuss this individual further than to say I will take any reasonable amount of money for him. Todd went to the Antonio Conte School of Ruthlessness before the pod and um, and is, is bringing it on, bring, spitting, spitting the fire when it comes to You're these players. Goddamn right. I'm tired of talking well, about them. We talked about that's like a big club. Dee's definitely talked about that's like a big club. Big clubs will sign players and they can leave on a look at United, Pogba, um, uh, was it, I think, was it uh, Aston Villa, or um, what's it called? Um, I forgot his name now, but like for 10 million. Who went for like 100, 125 million? Oh, Coutinho? Coutinho. Big clubs have to sometimes take Wales. They'll buy and they have to be willing to take, you know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword kind of thing. And, you know, I think, you know, I mean, I said, let's say about Andon but hopefully going forward, we are better in terms of our recruitment and everything else. But you know what? There's still going to be a stinker in there. I don't know any, not, not I can't think of anyone. Has had a hundred, like even like in the 65 percent. I mean, transfer success. It's just impossible to have. I mean, no, you're out. right, and that's why you have to keep, you know, keep firing bullets and hope that that most of them hit. Um, it's it's a percentage game. You're you're totally right about that, Caroline. Of these four players, Lacelso, Wings, and Dombley Region, how many do Spurs actually move on before the window closes? Oh, that is a tough question. <laughs> I know we're not really big into predictions here. Uh, but I my, it'd be a good one to throw out. Yeah, my personal hope is all four of them. Of course. Um, just because you know we've been talking about how their time at the club has clearly come to an end, and it's it's just not good vibes to keep them around. Frankly, um, I think if I if I had to keep one of them, I would probably say Lacelso because he has proven himself to be not completely useless at times. Um, <laughs> well, it's, it's see, debatable. Mine, see, mine is different. Mine is different. Mine would be in Dombele. And I actually think... Oh, no, I don't if, want him at the club. <laughs> if, I had to, if I had to predict what will happen, yeah. I think they I think they get the other three moved on, and I think Ndombele sticks around. And you know what? Well, if, think, if I'm backed into a corner, I agree with you. Yeah, I think in terms of like being realistic, he is the most difficult to move on. I think he is as yeah. well, and that's kind of why I say that. And I think that there is at least a, a cup slash late sub to run around role for him, perhaps, 
Oh, I think time. if you play him away from home, everything will be fine. Sure. I think if you try to roll that guy out at number 17, there's going to be a fucking riot. I think if you roll him out in a, you know, fourth uh, fourth match of the Champions League group stage, you know, from 60 minutes on and let him run around, if you've got a 2-0 lead, that kind of scenario is fine. Otherwise, yeah, I think it's going to be. And I also think in terms of the pecking order, when you look at Hoybier and you look at Basuma and you look at Skip and you look at, um, help me out here. I'm missing names. I know I'm missing a few, but in that midfield, it is packed. Um, Did you say Bentoncourt? Bentoncourt, thank you. And Sar as well. Sar went on the trip as well, so you know. And 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 Sar, who who yeah, I I'm think very is a interested total, about that. Is a total mystery. He, well, I don't think he plays for us this year, but I'm very interested. My my thing. Sorry, you don't know, think? I don't know. I I think he. So I have two feelings on him. One, he either goes on a on a League One loan, or he sticks around, beefs up, plays in the PL2, and he stays around Conte's training system. I think that's the more likely of the two with, with yeah, occasional right. with occasional, you know, I think they want to keep him in-house and see what they have with him. But a lot will be learned over the next, you know, three to four weeks before the season actually kicks on about him as well. I do think he is a really interesting name who, again, did make the trip. The, the names that we've been talking about are the ones that did not make the trip obviously and the last one that that did not make the trip not for purposes of they didn't want him there but more for excuses of he was not feeling well and i think there's still a lot to be determined about whether he's going to be loaned out or sold or stick around is joe rodon todd so i'll give you the floor you wanted to to bring him up in this conversation about players not on the trip so so what i would like to point out to all the listeners at home is that if you just be patient you have to shoehorn nothing and it unfolds for you organically <laughs> um joey rodon is absolutely a commodity that can play at the premier league level and i think has the ability to play at tottenham's level um, he is uh, kind of a, a mismatched individual in the sense that he is a right-footed center back that prefers to play on the left-hand side, um, which I don't necessarily think fits in what Conte's trying to do. And so that kind of puts him in a little bit of an impasse because he absolutely wants regular football leading up to the World Cup for Wales. Um, and I don't think he's going to get that in a Tottenham shirt this season, which says to me they kind of have a really tough decision to make, which is either – do you potentially take an L or on Joe Rodon or try to find a club that's going to give you a decent sell-on clause? Um, I'm not really sure because I don't necessarily know if Joe Rodon goes to a, uh, uh, goes to a Fulham if, or a Nottingham Forest, if he's going to get that big club move to a, 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 a you know, back to us or a Chelsea or something along the line. Um, and so my focal point there. A, that is a good point, Shoops. That's why the links came through. That the Joe Roden's former manager from Swansea is at Forest right now. Um, but what I'm looking at with Joe Roden is I still think there's a player there, and I still think that there's a homegrown player there, and I still think that there's opportunity. I know that's your favorite, Andrew. I still think there's an opportunity a few years down the line for Joe Roden to be a productive member of Tottenham Hotspur, um, and I don't want to get rid of him. But we'll see. I, I think the loan is the move. I, I, I think that. Look, we've been talking a lot about adding to the depth of this club and 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 wanting to have enough players to get through what we know is going to be a gauntlet of a season with a World Cup for some godforsaken reason in the middle of it. Um, but when you start to look at the center backs and you're talking about they're probably going to bring in one more, at least that's your expectation, Todd. Um, there's, you know, I know you play three of them in this system, but there is still a lot of 
uh, hills he needs to climb up in order to get playing time on this squad. We haven't even really talked a whole hell of a lot about Jaffa Tanganga and what his role going for that. You know, there's a lot of kind of intermediate pieces in this, in this squad right now. And I know you want to have a big squad going into this season, but you also don't want to have guys just sitting and rotting all year as well. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that, um, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. I think we got four competitions and a World Cup, and I think that everybody's going to need to. Everybody's going to have a lot of minutes, and you want a beefed up squad, but you also want a lean squad. And I think that the players that we've been talking about for the last ten minutes are surplus to requirements for what Conte's trying to do by and large. Uh, and so I think that's why they're going to move on. The people that would be bringing in, they'll be Conte's people. He's not going to try to shoehorn Brian Heel into a system that doesn't fit Brian Heel, right? Um, he's going to look for a, a Conte player. I think that's all very fair. And I think like, like we can continually talk about it's July 10th. The window doesn't close until the end of August. There's a lot still to be determined, but it is fun talking about so much action through, I guess what is like the first half of the window. We've pretty much reached like halfway through the summer and the start of camp and all of these things. And it is fun to have so much of that stuff to discuss. Um, I brought something up to you guys in the group chat midweek um, in our private pod group chat talking about we were we were at that point a month away from the start of the season and I kind of put out a what my 11 would be and what my full squad would be and I did it as kind of a test to see who would stick uh, Richarlison's name in there on the squad and that was because uh, he ain't going to be a part of the first game <laughs> against Southampton. He has been suspended for the first Premier League game of the season uh, and I think that's funny because when I look back as to the reason why it was for an incident that happened in Everton's like something like sixth to last match of the year. And I guess my question is what the hell, <laughs> like what the hell has gone on with the FA that they have waited this long to suspend the guy for one match and it's going to impact Tottenham and did not impact Everton, the club that he was previously with, who fought like hell down the stretch and got a lot of contribution out of Richarlison in order to stay up and ended up impacting a team like Burnley, who ended up going down. Um, uh, if all of this is news to you, you're welcome. You've now been informed. But Caroline, I know you've got a lot to say about this. Uh, what the hell is my question? Well, I just want to point out that this is not the first time the FA has made a very, very delayed decision about match bans that has affected Spurs. <laughs> um, you guys may recall when Eric Dyer had his hot-headed moment of going into the stands in the Norwich Cup game. Um, they waited forever to announce his ban, and then it ended up causing him to miss uh, the North London Derby at the end of the season. So to me, it does seem a little suspect. I hate to be a conspiracy theorist, but <laughs> and to be fair, like they didn't know necessarily that Richarlison was going to be signing with Spurs when they, you know, decided to delay or, these or did they? Maybe they or did, did they? Know. You never know. Um, but it's super. By the way, if you don't want to, if you don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, you need to take that tinfoil hat off, and then we can start to consider that. But go on. <laughs> oh, this thing. No. Yeah, yeah. Take that off first. <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's a bummer we're not going to get to see him in the first game. Um, I, I don't think he would have started anyway, um, but we definitely would have seen him come on as a sub, I bet. So that's too bad. I'm saying if they had formed for this, though, there was whole, I mean, literally when Tevez and Matt Ryan signed West Ham, this was like 
oh my god 15 years ago now and there was a whole thing about was it the way they registered third party interest and it was talked about talked about talked about talked about the fa finally sorted things out but by that time Sheffield united had already been relegated so this whole fa just literally hoping that they just ignore a little parking you know, park it park it under the rug it's nothing new that's why we say they know sweet fa you know what i mean that's why we say that so um no it's i mean like i said i do i mean if i'm burnley i'm not thinking i'm not, I'm, I'm gonna take legal action against the fa or i guess everything that's what happened last time it, it literally west ham had to um pay um Sheffield united like 15 20 million pounds because of you know they, they got an unfair advantage with the whole like i don't know what everything going on everton's not an everton pod but you know what i mean it's not something else they need but it is what it is do you know what i mean i'm just for me personally i not saying i don't think he would have started but i think he would probably I mean obviously we don't know what's happened with injuries stuff like that but generally yeah, i think he would have been a squad option or something we don't know from you know if the whole Romero hasn't killed him yet because what that handshake was actually real or not do you know what i mean or, you know made for the cameras another will ferrell moment are they are they, did they just become friends I guess so, do you know what I mean? Um, are, are you suggesting see. that are you suggesting that, that Romero was in on this suspension and, and maybe contacted the FA? I don't know. Maybe maybe all of this is connected in some way. Uh we'll all take the tinfoil hats off though. I look I, when I first saw this, I was like, okay, no big deal. But then when I thought about it a little more, I was like, wait a second, what the hell? I because for some reason in my mind I thought that was the final game of the season that that incident happened. And then I remembered, no, it was like a month, six weeks before that. <sighs> So, Do you know what that says to me, Andrew? You know what all that says to me? Richarlison scores on his debut against Chelsea at the bridge. Totally fine with that. Totally fine with that. I'm also very much in favor. I will give you that. I very, very much hey, in favor. That's fun. I got a random question that I got to throw out to you guys right now. I just saw it come across from David Ornstein, who I give respect to. Um, Kyle Walker-Peters has a $30 million buyback clause. And I don't know if you've been thirty million is maybe a bit much. Well, uh, you know his value right now is somewhere in the vicinity of twenty-five. I would say, um, and I'm just saying. I mean, would you rather have Kyle Walker Peters, who has you know seventy-five games in the Premier League, or Jed Spence? Well, if Jed Spence is twenty million uh, at Kyle Walker Peters is thirty. 30 million. So, do you know what? I'm going to go with a guy that pretty much knows himself, knows the players. I know, I, know Andrew, I know Andrew said not to talk about this last week, and I'm not going to, I think we're going to call this, I don't know, carrot something about the homegrown and all that kind of crap numbers. Oh. That's not my problem, not my concern. Thank you for shit. I'm just saying, he knows the people, he will know some of the players. Yeah, why not? I mean, if they, I said, Middlesbrough, I don't know. They're being really weird because. They're in the championship. It's not as if, yeah, and I, I don't know they signed somebody and they and they survived without him and whatever. And so they're thinking we can go over this. Do you know what? They don't have a lot of leverage. I mean, they're in the championship, and they're gonna have a player that's gonna be really pissed off and you know pretty angry and probably go out on loan again or something. But ultimately, if we can get someone in and we think, do you know what, Paul Walker Peter fits the bill. You know, we think he can do what what's needed. Then yeah, why not? I mean. There, there's, there's, you know, I mean, I don't want them to say it the same way. Like De Bruyne left, you know, the Premier League, came back, and it was a fantastic player or something. Because this isn't the same thing. It's not that he obviously didn't lead the Premier League. He's not that he set the Premier League alight since he's left. But do you know what? I've always thought he was a serviceable right back. 
if Conte thinks he's coachable and Baratti, she thinks, you know what, there's something about the lad. Oh, I wanted to sign him when I was at Juve, but just couldn't for whatever reason. I'm sure whatever bullshit they'll say. You know, well, you know, you know, he'll say I want to sign for Inter, but I didn't get the chance. I mean, I think there's two points to be made here. First of all, you're right. I don't know why Middlesbrough would ha- would think they have any kind of leverage, especially if Chris Wilder continues to open his mouth and say the things that he says. Um, number two, it's 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 great that that Spurs would would put some. First of all, this is all news to me, Todd, and I'm glad you brought it up. It's great that Spurs would have a a 30 million pound buyback clause for for a player like Kyle Walker Peters. I think that's awesome and something that is just coming to light. But I think you have to question whether or not Kyle Walker Peters would want that type of move. You know, does he want to come back to Spurs in what could potentially be a crowded right side with the likes of maybe Emerson and Doherty uh, and potentially even Jed Spence? I, I don't know. We're, we're talking about in either or here, but I mean, look, Spurs are throwing around money like they're at a strip club on a Saturday night right now. So, you know, it could be both of them. Um I, I don't know. Like I would question that if I was, if I was Kyle Walker Peters, do I want to go back to the club that, you know, I don't know, kind of held me down for a couple of years. I don't know. That's just a question that I would ask if I was him. I don't know. I, mm, well, um, sure. Sure. And we can interject that narrative. First off Spurs are talking about spending money. Like we're at a strip club. Like they haven't actually, they're at the bar beforehand talking right. about how much they're going to, they're that, getting, you know, they're getting themselves liquored up enough to the point where you got they what I'm, they're spending money on booze. Right now. You got it. Yeah. You got I hear it. You. So no, um, Kyle Walker, Peters, not that hey, I would know wanna, anything about that. I, I, yeah. Um, <laughs> Kyle Walker, Peters, do you want to play in the champions league in the prime of your career? You're what? Uh, yes. 25, it's, it's 26. Enticing. Or do, do you think that you're 25? Do you think you're going to do that at Southampton? It's, yeah, listen, crickets man. is there's there's a good reason there were crickets at the end of that, and so what I'm saying is that this me this move would have to make sense for Kyle Walker Peters if playing in the Champions League and playing for a big six side and going home for lack of a better term um, was important to him. Uh, you know, he's a guy that he's the guy that came up in the academy. He's a guy that has known the setup the whole way through. A lot of people that he was there with are either coming to the fore now or have moved into coaching roles. So, like, he's very, very okay with what it's about. I just don't know if you can go from playing 32 matches in the Premier League to what you said, which is a rotational role on the right side in four competitions. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a really good question and an option. I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even going to put it in the break break glass in case of emergency uh category i think it's an even better option than that but it could be you know something that we look at again over the next almost two full months i mean we're still talking about a lot of time left in this window um i'm glad you brought that question up todd because i have an even uh more important one i think um and that is how do you rate matt doherty's goatee and what I would say is that all goatees start with a, a, a one rating and just get shittier from there. So he, he's, he's, got a, he's got a fine goatee as far as goatees go. So he gets a solid one out of 10 for me. So your, your number's still higher than, than Fraser Forster's. It is. And, and, and uh, you know, he is settling in well. Uh, Eric Dyer pointed that out, which is fantastic. And the look, 
on Doey, and they called him Doey's. They face, called him which Doey. Is fucking great. The look on Doey's face when Fraser said that was the, I needed some Larry David music behind that, like like some Curb Your Enthusiasm music behind that. I needed it. It was fantastic. It was kind of perfect. Um, I, if you don't know what we're talking about, go to Spurs Social and look it up because it is well worth your while. But um, Matt Doherty is is I. I I got to tell you, I love that guy. He's, he's really like starting to win. It's taken a little while for him to win my heart, but my goodness, uh, he can wear whatever facial hair he wants at this point, especially if he plays like he did down the stretch before his injury last season. Like, let's go. I, I, I love all of that. Well, I have an affinity for, for, for Matt Doherty. I truly do. He's the guy that I would go on vacation with, as we talked about in the group chat Kaz. but um, like I said, just there's um, friends. Don't let friends rock goatees. It's, it's just a personal belief. Well, speaking of going on vacation with Doherty, uh, I don't know if y'all saw the other little bit of content from the club uh, where they were talking about, you know, what they would pack on their trips. And he said very sweetly that he would pack his two children so he could cuddle them at night. So (laughs) he's definitely endearing himself to Spurs fans lately. By the way. I don't know how safe that is. That's the only thing I would question about Matt. Yeah, Doherty. Like, I don't, don't think put him in the cargo be... hold. <laughs> yeah, don't don't pack your children in your suitcase, Matt Doherty. Like your decision making on the field has been pretty good. Not sure about your packing skills and how that would go, but yeah, I I totally agree. Um, before we talk about what Spurs have ahead over the next week, plus uh, let's. Caroline, toss it over to you, because there has been some news in terms of the women's team since we last spoke to you about them. Uh, What do you got for us in terms of Spurs women? So the uh, transfer window has not been quite as fast and furious for the women's team as it has been for the men's. Uh, We just made a signing, so we're up to two now. Um, So the new signing is Ellie Brazil. She's a striker who we got from Brighton. And She's 23 years old, so she's still, you know, fairly young and has has room to grow. She's kind of had issues with um, a couple of knee injuries over the last few seasons that have kind of limited her time. And I think she's kind of struggled to get, you know, her explosivity back um, after her ACL, especially. But I I am kind of optimistic about the signing in the sense that this is a player that Rianne Skinner worked with in the England youth setup previously. So she knows her and obviously had some, you know, personal feelings about why she should bring her in. And she, uh, Ellie mentioned in her, her interview when she joined the club that she's really excited to be in a team that, that does a high press and which is definitely what we've been sort of working our way up to over the the past season under Rianne. So I think she's a good fit. It's just going to be a matter of like her, uh, strength and conditioning being on top of things. Um, and then hopefully getting her some good some good chances to finish. So we'll see how that works out. Yeah, it feels like um, it feels like that was one of the big things missing was the finishing for Spurs last year. Um, for sure. <laughs> and, and hopefully that hopefully that contributes to something good. So a um, little bit more time, of course, for the women uh, in terms of the start of their season. They're of course making a U.S. tour uh, early next month or middle of next month, right? Uh, And then they don't really kick on until September. So the men get going like a month or so before. uh, So that should be, that should be fun. Um, Before we get out of here, guys, it is, we're going to come into next week's pod and actually have a couple of games to talk about, which is wild, but uh, 
I just want to reiterate this point before we do get out of here. Remember for all of the turnips and potatoes that these games don't count. They are make believe. They don't matter. If Spurs go out and lose three nil to the K league all-stars, which I don't think will happen. Or if they go and lose to Sevilla next weekend, it does not matter. Um, If you're going to watch these games, you of course can watch them now. Spurs have launched a new, uh, I guess we would call it streaming service or subscription plan uh, through Spurs Play. Um, It is quite affordable, really. I think it's uh, 45 pounds a year, which equals about $54 a year. If you choose to, there's tons of extra content on that. Um, I'm not sitting here doing an ad for the club or anything. They've done plenty of promotion for it. Um, you've, you've seen it, I'm sure on their website, but you'll be able to watch the, you know, the, the, the preseason matches, a lot of women's content, a lot of just extra stuff there. Um, so that's cool. They're making that kind of thing available. I think this has been kind of a long term, long time coming for Spurs to have their own kind of service for this kind of, uh, content that they can deliver for you. But, um spurs are out in south korea now and this thing is is ramping up and it's real and we're going to see a lot in in addition to all the transfer business that we've been talking about for a while now we're going to start to see actual football being played over the next week which is really really cool um of course wednesday the k-league all-stars and then saturday the game against sevilla um both of those matches are at 4 a.m. Pacific time over here in the States. So not 100% sure if I will be watching them live. That sounds uh, a little bit a bridge too far for me, but uh, I'll try and catch some of the highlights and maybe watch the replay of them. Um, but how how excited are we, I guess? And what do we, I guess, what do we expect from, from, a, from a standpoint of these couple of preseason matches over the next week? I, I expect, obviously, a lot of different players to get playing time and hopefully some of the younger players. I think the player that I'm most excited is a player that we mentioned earlier. I'm really, I don't know what to expect out of, of, out of SAR, but I'm excited to see him in our midfield and see what, what he brings to the fold. What about you guys? What, what are you looking forward to in terms of these preseason matches coming up? I'm looking forward to seeing General Ho. That's the one like, I'm really General, <laughs> General Ho. Uh, no, I think we saw how like, it was like, he saw like, it was such an incredible reaction from the South Korean fans. And they're going to go crazy for him. I mean, like, there's, I think, remember the footage last, or nothing? There's some South Korean guy, and he's bowing to every single car to go past him near his first stadium because he so wants to meet uh, Hong Min Sun. Do you know what I mean? So it's, no, I think it's just the other. I'm, I, obviously, I have Spurs play, so I'll, I'll probably end up watching it on delay or something. And but then I'm not but the two I'll watch anything Spurs related. I'll watch, you know, Alfie and, um, do you know what I mean, Dane, because they were, you know, the Spurs. Um, no, like I said, I think. Just enjoy it. I mean, it's, like I said, it's, yeah, it, it, it's, I don't know, it's that Will Ferrell thing. It's not, this is not a real thing. It's just yes. about training. And, you know, just enjoy it. It's nice, you know, it'd be nice to see them play. Um, obviously, I haven't seen, um, well, we don't know who's going to be playing, Parasage, Basuma, and all those kind of guys. So it'd be nice to see how they interact, that kind of stuff. But, you know what, it's just a bit of fun. I mean, I know it's very serious training, like this is Spree Team, it's very, very serious. But just enjoy it. I mean, it's like what you call a free hit. I mean, just enjoy it. Yeah. I, I mean, I expect uh, a lot of fun against the K-League All-Stars. I think it'll be a good time. And I expect them to look dog-ass tired against Sevilla because Contre is going to beat them like they stole something all <laughs> week long. And that's welcome. Very welcome. 100% welcome. It's his, his, his training is legendary. So, Kaz. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing some players that we haven't seen in a while because of injuries. So Skip, Doherty, yeah. uh, maybe even Tanganga, you know, it, we've missed them a lot. So that'll be great. Um, I was going to add, too, if, you know, we were talking about how these games do not count. Um, but if you are looking for games that count right now, um, there's some international women's tournaments going on that we have a few Spurs players in, actually. Ooh. So... We have uh, Tini Corpella and Evelina Sumanen are playing for Finland in the Euros. And then in the CONCACAF tournament that's happening, you know, over on our side of the pond, um, we've got Shalina Zadorski is playing for Canada. They actually have already qualified for the World Cup. So that's awesome for her. And then uh, Becky Spencer and our new signing, Drew Spence, they play for Jamaica and they're on their last uh, group match day are going to be trying to get that qualification. So good luck to them. Good things to root for indeed. Uh, this has been a fun one guys. Uh, we will be back with you next week to not so much recap preseason matches, but talk about what we've seen. Uh, of course the content will continue to flow from at Spurs official. We know that um, all of the love for young men's son over in South Korea. And I even saw he, he gave gifts to everyone uh, on the team welcoming welcoming them to his home country it's just it's a it's a big kumbaya moment it's a lot of beautiful beautiful synergy going on right now for spurs in south korea and it's a it's a hot Spurs summer camp like we've never seen so we we love all of that uh you can follow caroline at cg stefko you can follow todd at tc underscore kasho you can follow shuban at the real shuban you can follow me at a stetka more importantly you follow us at tottenham depot uh, we've been getting a lot of a lot of love on the socials. A lot of a lot of you out there following us. Be sure to rate and review the podcast as well. Follow on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, leave us those reviews. That helps get the the word of the pod out. And uh, tell a friend, tell a Spurs loving friend about us, and uh, spread the word as we head into. Uh, we're about to hit a year doing this podcast. This uh, this upcoming week or so. Um, we've been doing this thing for a year. We've had a lot of fun doing it. We're going to continue to charge forward into the 2022-23 season and talking Spurs and interacting with all of you, and we love it. So uh, if you've made it this far in the pod, we appreciate it. And uh, send, us a, send us a note on, on socials to tell us uh, how much you're enjoying the pod. Uh, until next week, this has been the Tottenham Depot Podcast. As always, come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>